Welcome to You Here Big Girls Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Mom Chaku. And I'm Luna, and today we're joined by two very special guests. They both are big, big fans, or should I say were big fans of Shadis. <laughs> Our first guest joining us is uh, Grimheim. Welcome, Grim. Hi, I'm Grimheim. I'm uh, in the Attack on Titan fandom for about seven years now, and I'm mostly active on my Tumblr blog at Grimheim, where I write about uh, key shaders mainly, since uh, no one else is doing that and he deserves some love. And I uh, occasionally do some uh, fan art of Attack on Titan and other stuff as well. Cool. I didn't know you were in the fandom that long. Yeah, I think it was since 2013 or 14, somewhere around that. And our second guest, who managed to somehow wake up on time. How many hours did you have to cry before you fell asleep, Neat? At least six. Jeez. So you only got like two or three hours of sleep. Damn. Anyway, it's good to have you back again. I thought I was done with this talking into a microphone nonsense. <laughs> and then I had to get dragged back because apparently I'm everyone's favorite guest. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this is the last time we get to say Shadis the Chattis. And, you know, it's just, it's got to happen. It, you, we just needed you. Just you, In fact, if you just want to say, like, Shadis the Chattis a few times, we can just end this now because that's, <laughs> that is the chapter right there. Shadis the Chattis, Shadis the Chattis, Well, the Shattis. thing is, what if Moses Brown makes the return? Then we'll have to have him back again. So this might not be the, the last we see of Neat on this podcast. Well, I think all of his favorite characters are dead now, so... Except for no, Reiner. No, no, Moses Brown is yeeting titans across the ocean. <laughs> yeah, there's still that. I mean, we've still got Mr. Blouse and Reiner... Okay. Yeah, but you, you love them, but not as much as you love Shadows the Chattis. <laughs> no, th that that's true, but I actually would be, I actually would drop the series if Mr. Blouse died. Aww. He's too pure. He is too pure. And you're a fan of Mogath as well, right? Or am I dreaming that? I like him. I wouldn't say I'm particularly a fan of him, though. He's just sort of a He's he's one of the better characters, but I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So we lost two good ones this month. Well, let's jump into chapter impressions. I'd love to know what you all thought about the chapter. We'll start with um, Grim and then go to Neat. I, I loved it because of the ending. I have to say it's mainly the ending is, is giving me everything I wanted to have for my favorite character. So I've never seen more love in the fandom uh, for him than I had when this chapter came out and this is my main reason why I like it so much but also because of Falco's uh, Titan design that was just great and the beautiful artwork. I think this month's chapter had one of the best artwork that we ever had in Attack on Titan so yeah. And Unitaku? This is where I make everyone mad because I like the bare bones of this chapter everything that happened in it but I think it was really rushed. I think I like the idea of how Shadis died, but I think he needed way more time. I was telling people I would have liked, sort of the same way we got a one chapter for his entire flashback, I would have liked just one chapter where he, where he, like, let's say this chapter ends on the cliffhanger of Magath staying behind, then the next chapter is just him and Shadis, the entire chapter, coming to terms with the fact that they're about to die, and then the climax, the emotional climax of the chapter is Shadis 
being told that he'll be remembered as a hero and getting that payoff. I thought it was, I thought putting it all on like three pages was way too fast. I thought he, considering how much like attention he got in other bottle chapters, I thought he deserved more than three pages. I was d- disappointed by how quickly it happened. Well, I kind of disagree. Like he he went out like a boss. Like, did he really need more? Well, that's the thing. Like, I like the way he went out, but I think it was rushed. And I mean, I we can I can talk more more specific stuff when we get to like the different topics. But I definitely feel like it was a bit rushed, and that sort of undercut it a bit for me. Well, I I I very much enjoyed this chapter. I don't think I've been very positive about the last three chapters that came. Why before not? This one. They were so good. <laughs> If you're talking about rushed, maybe you should read those again. But yeah, this this was an interesting chapter. I like the Annie and Reiner dynamics. I especially love I didn't expect that, but the the Shadis and Magath exchange. The only thing that I'm not really in love with is the whole Azumabito and the Detour plotline at this point. Um, don't care for the characters, don't care for them going to another place. Uh, doing some side quests before the final boss. I don't know. What were your thoughts, Montaku? Uh, so for me, I loved loved this chapter. I think it's I think it's my favorite in a very long time. And I agree with Nitaku that um, it was rushed. But to me, it was more Magath that was rushed. I didn't expect his character arc to like wrap up so quickly in two chapters. The apology last month felt very rushed, and then of course this chapter, it ending. I I mean, I would have liked more of them. I don't know. I guess the way the chapter is framed, both of them thinking about their kids and and wanting them to have a happy life was all it took for them to be best friends. I would have liked a little bit more tension there as well or a little more exploration, but that might just be me being greedy. But the good thing about this chapter is that Maga's death completely caught me off guard. Like I was so surprised by that. And I don't think I've been surprised in the story positively. Like I've been like disappointed, but not disappointed, surprised, but not like, you know, happy, surprised in a long time. So Maga's death was like totally out of nowhere for me, but I loved it. I loved everything about it. Everything. I, I think the month off did Isayama good, especially like Grimm said in the art style. It was rushed, but he managed it. He managed to pack it all in this month. <laughs> all right. So let's jump right into Shadis and Maga since that is the part of the chapter that we were all most hyped about. Grim, I'm going to toss this one to you first. What did you think about Magaths and Shadis's suicidal, sacrificial I, pack there at the end? I have so many thoughts about it. Oh, my. It's incredible. Um, I can mostly talk about Shadis because I have the most feelings about him, actually. I think, again, it, it was a very good ending for me for this character. To me, it was the best death that I could wish for as a Kishadas fan. Um, because whenever he came back into the story, I was very anxious because I wanted him to be gone for good so I can rest in peace and uh, just enjoy the rest of Shingeki without worrying about him 24-7. I don't know how the Levi fans can do that. That's torture. When the character is always coming back and you just want them to basically to have a good death and rest in peace. So I think I, I think it's interesting that you guys mentioned that it felt rushed. 
I didn't really feel that way, uh, maybe because I was just so hyped to see a lot of uh, shaders again. What I do really appreciate the most is that his character arc basically is now complete. And I love that he basically became this person that back in the day Carla told him to be, that you don't have to be recognized by everyone as a hero to be really heroic. And I think that was a beautiful comeback. And it's just very fulfilling for me that Keith now is at peace with himself to some degree, even though I don't really, I'm not sure if that's in the uh, official English translation, but did Keith really call, uh, said that he was proud of Magat? Was that really the words he used or was that a bit differently in the official translation? I'm pretty sure he did say he was proud of Magath. For me, it would make more sense if he would have said that to Hanji, not to Magat. Maybe just proud is the wrong word to use. I can, under, I mean, understand that completely that they're basically buddies now to some degree and they have a similar they have similar feelings regarding um, training these kids but it just felt a bit out of place and I thought it was a bit weird that even during his last moments he didn't really think of Grisha, Aaron or Carla but that's just nitpicky I guess but that was something that I missed a little bit. I think what was impressive to me was when Magath says to him, one day you're going to be the hero who saved the world. Keith responds to that, but it doesn't really strike him. He just looks down and he brushes it off like that's of no consequence anymore. That's not who he is anymore. That's who he was a decade ago. That's who he wanted to be. But at this point, that was water under the bridge. And I really thought when Keith went out, it was going to be like a flashy, heroic moment, maybe taking down Flock or, you know, a final stand. And this was so much better than I could have expected. Just this private moment between the two of them where he realizes that being a hero isn't really what he wanted anyway. It was just to feel good about how he'd spent his life, which is what his final moment was. I mean, seeing Annie, who was a traitor, joining forces with his kids, I mean, all of them united against a greater evil. There's there's nothing, that, that was as good as it gets for Keith Shadis. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the chapter, there was this beautiful panel. Uh, the, just what you said, that uh, Magat told him that you're a hero now. And you have this, so, I don't know, I love this facial expression of him. He looked kind of stunned. And this was a very well-drawn panel showing Keith's uh, reaction to that. I was actually expecting him to die in a more gruesome way. That was what I was fearing, uh, that he was supposed to die in a very gruesome manner and that he would sacrifice himself for Eren or something. Um, I'm glad that uh, Isayama didn't go that route and decided to give Keith a very noble death to some degree. So I'm satisfied. Well, I, I do agree with Mamtaku that indeed he found, I think, his footing in life after everything that happened uh, on Liberio with the, the new recruits. You know, they beat him and he still was like, rise up when the, the time is right. You know, and now he finally makes his comeback and strikes when the time is right. He, I think he's at peace where he stood in life and the decisions he's made at the end. I think he was, yeah, I think he was satisfied with that. At least he wasn't hung up on the whole Grisha, Carla thing anymore. So, <laughs> and not being good enough. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you've made a difference, that it wasn't all worthless. I mean, to go out like that is as good as it gets in Attack on Titan. That's true. <laughs> and I love that, you know, true to his character, nobody will know how he died. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I agree with that. 
I mean, they made it a point of the train bringing the recruits blowing up and everybody being shocked, like, who did that? Who did that? I think there's going to be some speculation. I mean, whether or not it's acknowledged in the series, I feel like they knew somebody was fighting for them behind the scenes. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they pinpoint that to being Keith Shaddis. He was a bystander until the end, so it fits for me. It's actually... I don't need people to recognize him now in universe. We are recognizing him as fans and that's enough for me. Yeah, I kind of like it as well that he would go out rather nameless. And he went out as a scout. That's something I really like because he wore these uh, Serikov's jacket. Great oh, detail. I hadn't noticed that. Mm -hmm. He wasn't wearing he, his trainer jacket. He went back to his oh, boots. Nice. Just as McGoth yeah. was. So that's also yeah. nice that they were wearing the same outfit. I don't know why Magath was wearing it, though. Well, he was wearing it last chapter, which I thought was a mistake. But apparently when they went into the building, he somehow found a jacket and put it on. So it must not have been a mistake. When they went for supplies, uh, all of the kids, before they uh, went to the port, I think they, they just took all the supplies they could find. And it was probably only Survey Corps jackets. I mean, I guess he did it for camouflage, yeah. <laughs> kind of matches. Yeah, because walking around with Hanji, it's not like he's going to blend in, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, your turn. What you got? I mean, like I said, I, the, I like the general plot of what happens. I just think it's a bit rushed. Like, I actually sort of agree, and this is part of why I think it sort of feels rushed in a way that it's kind of odd that he gets a lot of set up in other chapters about his relationship with Grisha and his relationship with Carla and Aaron and sort of how important he was in their lives and he doesn't get a chance to reflect on any of that which is part of the reason I sort of feel like it's a bit rushed because there's a lot of stuff and a lot of backstory to his character and a lot of nuance that helped set this up that sort of isn't acknowledged here but again I like the idea of how he died but it feels to me like we needed a bit more than just like two or three three or four pages to properly do it. I also noticed something interesting. This is funny <laughs> because I'm not convinced Magath is... I'm convinced Shadis is dead. I'm not convinced Magath is. Because? <laughs> On the page where they're setting off the gunfire, they're in there and the Jaegerists are trying to get in and Shadis says they're charging in and then Magath's... So they're at the door and Magath says, fine with me, I'm just here to set this ammo supply on fire, this is your chance to jump into the sea, so that apparently they have a way out to jump in the water. So, mm. I'm ready for Magath to still be alive. Mm. That would be disappointing. I don't like that. I mean, th this is at the point where they're just making their way on the ship, so Magath is saying, like, if you want to run, this is your chance. You're like, no, your this, is at the chance. Point where they're, this is at the point where they're already holed up in the room, I think. I mean, he could have sarcastically been saying that, you know, if you want to jump, now's the time. It, it may not have been authentic, but, you know, I would not put it back. Like, this kind of feeds into the fact that a lot of people thought that Magath was essential to the end of this series. Like, if he shows up later, I would not, at, not when we've had Levi survive, Reiner survive, Flock. I mean, it's just, there's too many medical miracles and survival stories in this series for me to think okay, anybody's ever dead. To me, this is like dead, dead. 
I mean, yeah, there's like a 5% chance that Nitaku's theory I, I, of- I would be very disappointed if either one of them turned up alive. They got this ending, like the perfect ending for both of them. We got the visceral reaction from, you know, the people who were on the boat who saw the explosion. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I was thinking for a while that Magath would probably die. Then Mom just had to post that prediction sheet that we could all fill out. And I decided to put him as alive for some reason, and now I'm wrong. You don't want to be wrong. More on that sheet later. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go out on a limb and say Shadis would die, so I've got that. I think we all have that. So Sorry. one criticism that I saw on some of the Discord servers that I haunt, I wonder if it happened on Wiki Island as well. There was some criticism early on, especially that especially Magath didn't need to die, that there were so many other options for blowing up the ship that it just felt kind of unnecessary and therefore required a suspension of disbelief. Was that criticism aired on Wiki Island? I was actually the one who brought it up in the Wiki oh. Discord, so... Do you still feel that way? I thought it was weird that Magath just decided to stay around out of nowhere. I mean, it makes sense that he'd want to blow up the ships going out of there. I just thought it was weird that there was never a point before the attack where they acknowledged that there was more than one ship. I thought it was a bit weird there was not set up for that. It sort of just came out of nowhere. But him staying behind for that makes sense since there are more ships. But yeah, I definitely don't think there was a reason for Shadis to be there, but I guess his line that I was looking for a time to die means he's that justifies that he's probably just committing suicide by doing it. I disagree. I mean, I think he has realized that he has no further role to play in this world. To me, the way I see it going down is that looking at the panel, there are several boats there. It's possible that Magath is the only one who would have been aware of the speed of that cruiser, and he didn't want to delay the rest of them. So he internally made the decision to take it out. And then Keith shot as seeing him. I mean, for one man to go into an armed ship is one thing, but for him to have backup, I think Keith just decided to be backup. And at that point, you know, he probably knew he was going to die, but he picked the hill he was going to die on. So I don't think it was a suicide thing at all. I think it was just, here's somebody alone, probably needs help. Let me go be that help. Yeah, maybe. And then there's also the problem of the big almond-shaped nuke in the room. Yeah, but he was, like, out of commission. He didn't want to slow them down. Having to get Armin out, blow up the nuke, get everybody back, you know, it would have... They they already are struggling with the four hours, the four-hour window that they think they're going to have before the Titans arrive. Is it Ohido? Ohido? What is the name of the island they're going to? Odiha. Odiha. I just think that Magath wanted to be the most efficient, you know, get them on their way. I'll take care of this on my own. And I I appreciated the official translation when it said, I'll bring up the rear. It really did sound to me like he was just going to kind of protect them for the 15 minutes that it took for them to get this ship up and running. I don't think Anyang Kapan Hanji or anyone had any idea what his real intention was, or they would have tried to stop him. Yeah. And it also had the... Uh panel where he sees the Armin's injured, so you can definitely justify that he thought Armin probably wouldn't be able to do anything. I guess it just comes down to me. I disagree with him. If I was in that situation <laughs> and I saw it, I would I would have been like, yo, I don't care if Armin got shot in the face. Just Armin, do something for once in your miserable life. Help us. <laughs> All you've done is sit around and mope since we saved you in Shiganshina. It's time for you to do something. 
Well, he's not doing anything now except for getting shot. Do we need a disclaimer here that um, any and all complaints about Armin dialogue need to be directed to the AOT wiki and not you hear Big Girls podcast? <laughs> all opinions expressed by Nitaku are Nitaku Zillow. We all agree with you, Armin. Or Irwin should have been saved. Stop telling us what we know and just do well, he something. He tried to last chapter. <laughs> he got shot in the face for it because that's what you get for peace talks. <sighs> Okay, let's... Moving on. On Twitter, Shanto asked us, how do you think the death of Shadis and Magath will affect the future possibility of a diplomatic agreement between Marley and Eldia? Both were respected leaders in each nation, especially Magath. And this is something that we talked about quite a bit, about what Magath's future role would be. And I know I was Mm -hmm. among those who thought that he'd be kind of the Douglas MacArthur type, and now that option is gone. Do you guys have any thoughts about that? I, I don't mind him being gone that much. Um, I think I said on the poll that uh, they might come up with a different way to um, ease the ties between Marley and uh, Eldia. But on the other hand, this kind of opens up the way for a more destructive ending than I was guessing which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. It might be a more interesting ending. So it will be interesting to see, yeah, where the story goes from here. However, I, I don't think that uh, Shadis no longer being around will have a, a big uh, impact on the diplomatic uh, ties because he wasn't really respected anymore in, his, uh, in, in Liberio. Not, like even Hanji <laughs> didn't really respect him <laughs> that much anymore. So, um, yeah, so, like, the only one who would vouch for him, I guess, are the, the, the 104th and the, the new generation of kids he told to step up when the time was right. But I don't think many other people would let him uh, do their bidding. I, I just want to agree with Muna. Shadis definitely was not respected in Liberio. Because mm. he'd never been there. Oh, so <laughs> finalities. <laughs> Edit it. Edit it. <laughs> the number of, of people over the age of 30 dropping dead in this series is a little bit alarming. Like, it would be nice if somebody over the age of 27 survives this series because, you know, <laughs> rebuilding a world could use a little bit of maturity and experience. I mean, even though Shadis. He wasn't mature. He just got mature thing. after yeah. this. Incident when he was sacrificing himself. No. Kill them all, I say. And I say drop the age. No one above the age of 25. Right. A brand new world. Nobody, nobody exactly. over the age of 25. I, I told you Except my favorite ending, Bluffs. right? The, the Final <laughs> Fantasy VII ending? For order to a new world to be reborn, the old world must die. And then you have the laughter of children or adolescent <laughs> kids in three Except for Mr. Blouse. He gets yes. spared. He can be spared. And his wife as well, because otherwise that would be cruel. But otherwise... <laughs> Even if she wasn't, he'd overcome it. So you, Luna, think that the... Um, so you, Luna, think that Maga's deaths especially is going to adjust your view of the ending and that it's going to be more bloody and darker. It, it his- opens the way for that. I don't know if it will be or if they will. I have no idea what their story will end up in the more hopeful way that I was thinking or that it will go a more destructive route from here on out. So 
I kind of have to see how it develops, but it would be an interesting way to say, well, yeah, that 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 is no longer a thing. Marley and Eldia, we will never be able to uh, see eye to eye. So, what about you guys? Do you, Nate or Grim? Do you guys have any of those concerns? No, I just agree that Keith is not a respected leader. Like when I was reading this question, I was like, is he really respected in? Um, Paradisia, not Liberio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so that that kind of bothered me a little bit, but I appreciate that this person apparently thinks that he's a respected <laughs> leader. I like the thought of it, but um, I, I, I mean, I don't think his death is that important to this whole uh, how it all how it all will go down. So, uh, with Magat gone, it 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 kind of limits the possibilities. Uh, but not with Keith, unfortunately. He's not that important. He's a bystander and he remains that. But that's a good thing because it's still, uh, character arc is still full circle. So all good for me. He's a bystander, but he's our bystander. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from you, Nate? I can't really figure it out if they're going to go for the piece. Well, I don't know why I say they. There's one dude. What if he's going to go for the peace ending or not? Because if he wants it, he'll just write it so that they don't need Magath for it. Right. Which I could see him doing. Yeah, it's a weird question. Well, I have theories. I have theories now. Like my new theory with Magath gone now, my new theory is that Odiha? Are we, am I saying that right? Odiha? 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 Yeah. I don't know. That's how it's spelled. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. I have I have high hopes for the detour. Yeah, you have high hopes for the side quest? I have high <laughs> hopes for the side It is not a side quest. It is it is the scene of the final battle. This is my theory. Mm. Yeah, at this point, I feel like they can justify just having Kiyomi and Hizuru testify on their behalf. Well, I mean, it could be an entire population of an island testifying in their behalf at this point. So that's, you know, that's <laughs> there, there won't be anyone left to testify. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the narrative is written. The Titans are going to arrive while they are there. I mean, everything points to the fact that the scramble to get off the island before it trample. I mean, I just think there's a lot of exciting excitement that can happen here with the fact that they think they've got a four hour window and it's a gamble. I just think this is going to be where the final audio, where we, where the final audio kicks in. We got another ask on this topic from Ephemeral Nerd. Um, a possible discussion point for the podcast. How do you feel about the parallels between Shadis and Magath? Shadis did get a lot of people killed through hubris and unwillingness to resign as <laughs> uh, the Survey Corps commander. But Magath has probably sent tens of thousands of Eldians to their deaths and all and got all of his higher-ups <laughs> killed. Uh, can he really be called a hero the same way Shadis is, simply because he helped Paradis in the end and wanted the warriors to have a good life? Love the cast, by the way. Big fan. Yay. <laughs> this is such a good question, and I know in the poll results, when we asked people to give us their final thoughts on Magath, there was a lot of that, like a lot of real anger and hatred towards his character, way more so than you see from Keith Shadis. So mm -hmm. I think that's a fair question. Did Magath deserve this redemption? I mean... Magath was responsible for killing Kala. Yeah, I wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this argument uh, that people are like, well, Keith shouldn't be friends with him. At least 
you know, Magat killed Kala through some way. And I'm like, okay, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a stretch, but I mean, whatever. Okay, I mean, whatever works for you. He killed the love of his life. How can he be friends with him now? That's, yes, Magat that's is the question. one who turned Carla into a titan, and he also told Carla. Oh. oh my gosh. Okay, Dinah. I'm not the only one messing up names. Great. <laughs> Dinah into a titan, and then told Dinah to go eat Carla. And then he told Shadis to break Aaron's 3D gear. Magath did it all. Magath <laughs> is the genius behind all of it. Yes. All right, let me just read. He's a complete this is one Chad. of the comments. This is one of the comments we got on the poll. Love how everyone forgets all the destruction he caused, including Liberio attack. He knew about it, prepared everything to happen with Tiber so he could get rid of the Marley Big Shots. Who cares about civilians, lol? Now that he's a hero <laughs> in the fandom, this story truly doesn't matter how you live, what defines you. It's only how you die. Face palms. I mean, is there, I, I don't know, is, is, there, is there validity to that? Here's another one. Magath was given a forced, undeserved redemption. I mean... I mean, I feel like from the moment his character was introduced, he clearly was a character poised to change. He clearly felt guilty from day one. You know, he clearly cared about the... Like, it just... Everything mm-hmm. about Magath was like, this is a character who's going to get redeemed. This is a bad... A guy doing bad stuff who's going to start doing good stuff. I mean... I don't mean to say this in a way that sounds obnoxious, but the people who send in those questions like... Go back and read the early chapters of Marley. It's set up even during the Fort Slava attack that he is more tolerant of Eldians than other Marleans. Mm. So that does not justify him, but it was definitely set up for a while that he he was more open to the idea of helping Eldians than other Marleans just by the fact that he was willing to treat them a little bit better than everyone else. It makes sense that his arc would end with overcoming racism. To me, it was... It wasn't – it was well done. I mean, it was fast. But, you know, I'm, I'm glancing through the comments now from the poll, and I would say 30% of them are bringing up the, the fact that he's a war criminal, that he's a piece of Nazi scum that um, mm. did not deserve to, to have a redemption arc. On what you said, Mom, talking that it felt rushed. Yes, I didn't need. To, I did not need Isayama to tell me in that interview he just gave that he wants the story to end. I already knew that. <laughs> I could tell. He looked so tired when he said that. I just wanted to end. Oh. I, I think what I appreciated end. about oh, Magath, like a lot of the anger in the in the poll comments is that he didn't deserve it he's not excused blah 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 but you know really it's like Keith Magath could be writing those because he didn't think he deserved it either I mean he was all set to die knowing oh sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you sorry no I mean he he didn't think he deserved it either so he's probably another one of those that you know it's his own worst critic that he had um had done nothing good in his life that was his attitude I actually agree that his last act doesn't mean all the stuff he did before it just didn't happen. It, I agree it didn't erase it, but you can't discount his last act. Like you've always you got to factor in what he did at the end of his life too. Like there are Nazi soldiers who died because they tried to assassinate Hitler because they didn't agree with him. They're not good people because they went along with the Nazi regime for a time, but they ended up trying to stop it, and you can't just discount that. I think that's part of the deal here. He tried to make it right. 
it doesn't erase what he did before, but it, it, that's definitely something that needs to be taken into account for him. I think that there's something in our culture now where people always need to be forever punished for their crimes of the past. There's no room yes. for growth. There's no room <laughs> for change. And here we have Magath, clearly a character from the beginning who was poised to be somebody who made a change and a significant change. I mean, I, f I find these kind of things heartwarming. I don't see it as, you know, oh, the Nazi gets a heroic ending. I see it as, you know, people can change. And that's, that's what needs to happen in this world for it to ever have peace. I see it as the Nazi realized what he was doing was bad, and he tried <laughs> to make it right. <laughs> Whether he did yay. or not, that is up to personal yeah. interpretation, but at least he made an attempt. I guess cancel yeah. culture And means. I actually agree, and, it, and yeah. I actually do. It frustrates me, and I do like seeing stuff like this now, where it's like, you don't, where it's like, yeah, we can show bad people trying to be better. We don't have to treat them as terrible people their entire lives because they made a few, because they made, I want to <laughs> say a few bad decisions. I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like I'm making light of it, but yeah, we don't have to pretend that you're just all evil or all good. You can have some good aspects and redeem yourself. Well, yeah, that's, that's maybe up to personal opinion, whether he redeemed himself, but at least... I'm I'm sorry, not redeems himself. I mean, at least he made a change in himself. Yeah. At least he's not repeating the mistakes he once made. Yeah. I mean, you have a racist guy using these kids as weapons, who, through a life-changing experience, in the end, realizes he's wrong and wishes they'd have a happy life, and did what he could, what what act he could, sacrificing himself to give them whatever chance he could of that. I think that's a pretty incredible story. I mean, maybe if it hadn't been, maybe if it hadn't been as rushed, then maybe people would be more willing to accept it. Because I could see people, I could see it sort of, I could see people sort of not liking it because they feel like all of a sudden it's just treating Magath like a hero after everything's done. So maybe it's, maybe the rushed aspect of it is part of the problem. I mean, 127, we had the team up and the fight with, with John. 128 is the the apology which I thought was way too fast and then 129 mm. he gives his life. so it was you know three chapters very fast we have 5% of the story left let's knock it out people and the apology did sort of feel forced like he realized Marley was all under attack already so he was like ah f fine I'll say I'm sorry whatever <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I can definitely see why people would not like this ending because it is sort of so rushed that you, I can see how someone would see it as this guy's just being treated as a hero now when he's done nothing to deserve it. I can see how you'd get there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how um, the binge readers, the people who aren't doing the month to month, you know, if they have different feelings. It's always, I think those of us that have too much time to think between chapters have a very different experience from the anime watchers and the people that come into the series later. And I'm very interested to hear what their thoughts on Magath are. Okay, anything else on Shadis and Magath? I know there's a lot to talk about. We'll probably touch on them again, but were there any other big points we wanted to bring up? I thought it was interesting. This is, not a, this is probably not a big point, but I did think it was interesting that, one, I already suspected that Shadis was the shadow they saw in the window, but it happened like two days ago in the story, and I thought it was interesting. They've it's been like two days since they saw him, and he never caught up with them for whatever reason. And like the timeline seem, seems a bit weird for him arriving. You're right. It has been two days. Interesting. 
I, I should point out that when we asked the question in the poll back in 120, whatever it was, who is the shadowy figure? Uh, Magath or Shadis was 63% of the vote. So we, yeah. we as a fandom got that one right. So yeah. that's it was good. so obvious. I mean, I don't know how anyone. Some people 12% said, said zombie Irwin. So I was uh. a little disappointed that it wasn't <laughs> zombie Irwin, but. Zombie Irwin. <laughs> I also think it's interesting. I don't know how he knew to come to the harbor. How did he blow up this thing, though? The same way the Jaegerist knew, I'm guessing? Yeah, I, I guess you have to assume that he was following the Jaegerist, but then at that point it's like, why was he following them and not the actual group and just trying to meet up with them? No, but because I think the Jaegerist knew that they, the actual group was going to the port, right? Right, but I mean, the Jaegerist knew that, Aaron. but how did Shadis... All right, so so let's for those of people who don't follow the geography, they were all in Shiganshina, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And Keith Shadis was a prisoner in Shiganshina, prisoner or Liberia, as Luna calls it. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Shadis. Let's, okay, let's stick to the train of thought here. Uh, the train of thought. but <laughs> I'm gonna blow it up just like Shadis. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, so we got a problem here. Shadis is a prisoner. Or no, he had been released, right? Didn't his, like, trainees release him, the ones that had formerly beat him up? And he off? said he was going to hide in there, I think. Right. So he's hiding in the shadows. He sees Annie and the rest of them taking off for some remote location. Meanwhile, the Jaegerists pack up and head to the port. And somehow Shadis goes with them. Yes. Okay. Or follows them or something. I hadn't thought about this, but yeah, that is a little bit of a, hmm. I mean, clearly following the Jaegerists would be the thing to do because he would have no idea where Annie and the rest of them were going. And then that that begs the question, if he followed the Jaegerists to the harbor, did he get there at the same time as the Jaegerists, which would mean he was there before the group? Because that would mean that he didn't participate in the battle. He was just watching it until the train showed up and then he blew that up instead of Helping out because blowing up the train helps, but if he was there the whole time, it would beg the question of why he didn't jump in immediately. I don't know because he's old. Well, you just ruined the whole story for me. I, I'm sure there's an explanation for it, but it definitely like the geography and the timing of it seems all off to me. Well, how else is you see? I'm not going to copy Game of Thrones in the final season if not for the geography and timing <laughs> being questionable. In the final arc. <laughs> I had never questioned it. And I was satisfied. And now, <laughs> now. it has been questioned. <laughs> and now I'm going to have to come up with like a, a reasonable in-world explanation for why Shad- how Shadis did it, why he did it, how he got there, what mode of transportation he used. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Neat. So glad we're having <laughs> you on the podcast this month. I've got a big brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a blessing and a curse. Anything else? Any big or small points that don't ruin the story for me on Shadis and Magath? They're both they're both chads. They are both chads. <laughs> I dare say Magath is a big chad for all his war crimes. <laughs> I just want to clarify one more time. I do like how Shadis died. I've just got some questions <laughs> about how it was done. Some logistical issues with it. I like all of the ideas behind it, and I think it's a good death for him. I just think the execution was flumpy. 
But the logistics of Magath actually making it to that boat with 20 stormtroopers all firing at him, missing, and it, there's you have to suspend a little bit of logic and reasoning to appreciate this. I just, I just feel like in earlier chapters, it was you didn't have to suspend as much belief because everything was set up pretty well for how things could happen. Yeah. I mean, that's the other big criticism I heard about that scene was just, man, the Jaegerists need some firing practice because they could <laughs> not land a shot. Like, what is up with that? Well, they're led by Flock. So. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Like, he's made of Teflon, but so are his bullets, apparently. <laughs> Let's just go right into Flock now, because I, 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 this chapter... He was actually, like, really impressive. You thought? Really? Flock was impressive. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. No. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Explain yourself, woman, now. <laughs> I mean, like... Someone's easily this is, impressed. Obviously. <laughs> this, okay. Ever since he changed the hairdo, that's all I'm saying. No, um... Oh, yes, to like, look like Justin Bieber? <laughs> no, to look like her favorite. So this Donald is a Trump. criticism. This is a criticism. Stop it, Luna. <laughs> this is a criticism, okay? Because we talked about this in the past about how Flock kind of goes from like this serious badass to a total and complete joke. Well, he was back in badass mode this month. He was always like, a total and complete joke. Okay. He, Except for like, Gaunt, you know, because he was an actual character. <sighs> This has happened several times now, where he's like big brain Armin, basically. Like Hanji turns to the left and Flock is, oh, they're heading to the port. They're going to steal the ship. Like he instantly knows everything they're going to do the moment they're about to do it. Flock has this, like either he's like big brain or it's just very convenient story writing. But this chapter, again, he's like completely in sync with the survey course plan. Oh, they're going to do this. Wait, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. Do this. I agree you know, with he's... you, mom. He he is able to see where they're running. <laughs> it's more than that. Like it wasn't just they're running in that direction. It's, oh, they're going to tug the ship and, you know, whatever. It's just very, it's, it's, he, he knew they were heading to the port. He knew they were he knew Gene wasn't eaten by peak. Like, he knows everything that's happening. He's like this omniscient. He got magic omniscient commander abilities somehow, which bothers me. But if I don't think about it too hard, it's like, wow, he's actually a really good commander. And even in this one, he basically led his own suicide charge. He was able to convince a bunch of scaredy cat recruits, you know, that this was the moment. Fight for your families. Fight for your life. Like... It's just that constant whiplash with Flock. You know, he's like a really good commander. He's a really good leader, but then he's also like a total buffoon. <laughs> I just stay with buffoon. I don't like to call him a leader, but I get your point. <laughs> I mean, he was so good this chapter that people are like, ooh, parallels with Erwin, which make me sick. But at the same time, like, okay, they're trying to make parallels with Erwin. He's, he's bastardizing Erwin's message, but he's doing it effectively. <laughs> Where is the lie? Help me out here. The parallel with Irwin, for one. Oh, that's My mom's God. favorite part of the chapter. That it's he's not, like I fought so hard to keep that out of the poll this month <laughs> because it it just hurts me to even use the word. I think he's a contrast with Irwin. 
personally, but, you know, seven people in the poll server disagreed with me. <laughs> so the question is there. I had a few protracted arguments with someone who used to be on the wiki discord about this, and no, they're not parallels. So what I'm hearing is Wiki Island is no different than Tumblr Island or Twitter Island. <laughs> I don't like it either, but, I mean, he did lead a suicide charge. Did he? Did he? That definitely was not his intent. No, it wasn't. No. Like, Erwin knew what his plan was, and... He laid it out. He was like, let's stop them by any means possible. Erwin led a successful suicide charge. Flock led an accidental suicide charge. <laughs> and got shot in the face by Gabby. I agree. There is absolutely nothing. These two men have nothing in common, Flock and Erwin. But uh, I'm sorry, did you just call Flock a man? Uh, fair enough. This cockroach Flock and Commander <laughs> Erwin Smith have nothing in common. Nothing in common. Okay, here we go. I have no history with this story. I pick up chapter 129 in a magazine and read it knowing nothing about the story. I would think Flock is pretty impressive. I mean, I would hate him, but I would be impressed with his command abilities. Mm. Nobody's backing me up on this. I would say he's got some moderate strategic abilities to be able to predict what the well, alliance is going to do. I would not say he is an impressive commander. I mean, he he did rally them quite well this chapter. I will admit that, but... Uh... Yeah, but they... Admittedly, it's easy to rally your troops when there are, like, six enemies and you've got a hundred men and you still somehow lose. <laughs> <laughs> He's the hero who would save yeah. Eldia. Didn't he say something like that before he, he got shot by He did. Gabby. <laughs> I mean, e even trying to rip through the bottom of the ship with a thunder spear was actually a pretty clever move, right? Like, if I can just put this thunder spear through that ship, Eldia is Yeah, because that saves him the trouble of having to kill everyone. He can just dismantle the ship. Mm -hmm. By the way, one of my favorite panels in here is when the cart starts, the cart titan starts attacking people and flock orders everyone. Hit the cart with the thunder spears. Use anti-personnel equipment to take out the traitors. Wow, Flock. Use our weapons specifically designed for our enemies to take them out? Who could have thought of that? Some three-cups logic. We're going I back to three-cups. I was going to use my anti-personnel equipment on the titans. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes it's necessary to state the obvious in the heat of battle. You know, it was a good the battle. Are full it of was a good. If the Jaegerists could land a shot, if any single one of them could actually fire a gun and have it hit anything except for the side of Armin's face, it was a good battle. Like it was a good battle. They had they had Reiner and Annie. If Falco hadn't run in there, Reiner and Annie were goners. I mean, actually. If anything, this proves Flock's an idiot, because as soon as I start seeing my men missing all their shots, I'm like, screw it, use the thunder spears on the humans. There's a big <laughs> enough blast radius where we'll probably kill one of them. You guys obviously can't aim, just use the bombs to kill them. <laughs> well, hopefully, 
the flock stands listening will at least appreciate my efforts here. Yes, of you know, of compliment. He has fans. Wow. Of like at least complimenting his leadership, like or oh, okay. He tries. Okay, this is me. <laughs> flock. He tries. There. He tries. Yeah, and he fails. Yeah. I had, don't have don't have any sympathy for Flock after what he did to Keith. So, mm. no, I don't either. <laughs> and and what? But you know, speak back to where we started this about the parallels between them. Only six percent of the fandom on the poll said that there were no meaningful parallels. There were none. Yeah, because there aren't. Only six percent <laughs> of the fandom agree with you on this. Oh, I misheard. Oh, then the fandom's just wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> The only, I mean, unless they're unless the parallel they're talking about is that he's trying to co-opt Irwin's message, in which right, case, right, yes, there's that parallel. Of the a lot of feels like did. he's trying to use Irwin's likeness yeah. and mannerisms to imitate his leadership style. So, you know, it's if more that's the parallel they're talking parallel. about, then if that's the parallel they're talking about, then fair enough. He is trying to copy Irwin, but they're not similar characters. One's just a pretender to the throne. Yeah, but that had the majority. 25% think that it is demonstrating how Flock and Irwin are both similar in their determination to fight for parodies. So 25% of people just see the true Jaegerists. opposite <laughs> sides of the coin. Yes, that, that is our Jaegerist group right there. Fair enough. That's a way to spin it, but it doesn't trump the fact that Irwin's actually a good character. There's no comparison there as far as the writing and the consistency in the writing. Consistency, that's the big thing for me, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I and I do think, like, again, the whiplash of Flock going from a complete buffoon to a somewhat competent leader every other chapter is just very jarring. It's hard for me to ever see him as a real character when there's so much inconsistency there. So uh, we got an uh, ask from uh, Sun Eater MP4. Do you guys think Flock will pull a Gabby and kill someone? Like Hanji, maybe. So what do you guys think is in Flock's future? I just hope he's dead. But, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, he's obviously not dead, but oh. I don't want him to come back. Ah, Maybe he finds a way to get on the boat for some reason, on the ship. And then he will cause some chaos there. <laughs> I hope he gets eaten by sharks along the way. <laughs> Swimming to the boat. <laughs> That's the question. Because I argued about this in the podcast server where, okay, I think Flock is heading back to the port. I think when I look at the panels of his trajectory, from one of the angles, certainly, it very much looks like he's back on the port. Whereas the vast majority think that he's going to swim to the airship. I mean, are any of you team port or is everybody team airship as far as where Flock is heading next? Team port. If Isayama wants to wrap this up as fast as possible, it would make more sense for him to be going to the boat. But I actually do have a crack theory about why he'd go back to the harbor. Well, please do not tell us what that theory is. Let's be I came up with this. This is how my best theory. <laughs> this is how I come up with my best theories. I end up making an offhand comment or a joke, and then it turns out to be right. That's happened a few times. That's how I, I actually predicted that Galliard's Titan was Ymir's Titan the first month I saw him, because I was just like, I bet that's, as a joke, I was like, I bet that's Ymir's Titan. Then like two months later, <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, she is dead. Okay. <laughs> but I was saying, I said for a long time, Isayama's like, 
trying to make Flock almost comically evil. Like he, any chance Flock has to do something evil, like beat up beating up an elderly man, Shadows the Chattis, or <laughs> um, literally like last chapter, making like openly mocking Kiyomi, being like, "Oh, your your country is about to be destroyed." I just hope you remember that. It's like, all right, Flock, thank you. I'm sure she almost forgot that Aaron was about to destroy her country if you hadn't done the titanic task of reminding her. It seems to me like he's always sort of being portrayed as an over-the-top antagonist. I was thinking, if Isayama wanted to ramp it up even farther and make Flock even more evil, what could he do? And I was like, he could reveal that Historia and Aaron both decided against the pregnancy plan, and then Flock went ahead with it anyway, and Historia's kid is Flock's kid. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm trying to imply something here without saying the actual I, word. I, I, I see where you're heading, and oh my god. Uh. So that see now my theory was I am I am team port. I do think Flock is on the port, but I think he's on the port for reasons of I want Zeke and Historia back in the story, <laughs> and Flock is a character that might help that happen. So that's where I'm coming from, but details need oh <laughs> That is my new crack theory for how Isayama's gonna make Flock even more evil. Well, I'm just kind of like horrified now. I've got nothing to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not making light of this, by the way. I'm more making light of Flock. No, as a I get character. it. I get it. Well, you've long said that Flock is Isayama's like shortcut to showing like it's to spare Aaron from being like the ultimate. Even though Aaron's the one genociding the yeah. world, it's to spare him. I definitely f- think Flock is going to be the narrative fall guy. Like he's going to get the comeuppance that for what all the Jaegerists have done, and Aaron's going to be the more sympathetic one. Okay, so you are sincerely Team Port. You think Flock's heading back to the port, sincerely? Or that's your crack theory gone mad? That's my crack theory gone mad. I think it makes more sense for him to go to the boat. Okay. I think it makes more sense for him to go to the boat too, but I don't know, looking at the panel, he like, that would be quite, I mean, depending on the if the art is accurate, he's like, he was yeeted to the port. It yeah. would be really hard to make it to a moving boat after you've been injured, probably. What, I've, what I heard was maybe what I heard was maybe he could have fired one of his anchors into the boat, and he's being yeah. dragged behind it. Mm. Wow, he's being keel hauled. Okay. <laughs> See now, wouldn't that speak to Flock being clever if he instantly, after being yeeted to the port? Continues to try to attach himself. I mean, that'd be pretty impressive. Oh, hmm. I got this anchor that can attach to stuff. Maybe I'll attach it to the boat. Thank you, Flock. You're a genius. Was his arm shot off, though? or No. Okay. His I arm was think. alive and well. No well, one has sadly. ever thought of using their anchor to attach themselves to something before. <laughs> Literally no one. It, it, it's not that's it, not a time for logical moment when you've been yeeted to the port and are floundering in the ocean I mean it would take a lot of mental fortitude to immediately start planning your next I mean most people would just be focused on swimming not attaching themselves to I a agree ship. it would take mental fortitude I just object to the idea that firing your anchor into the boat is a genius strategy <laughs> I hadn't considered it but what does that say about me I don't know. I mean, I, 
I didn't come up with that either. I, th I saw someone else mention, I can't remember who, but someone else mentioned he could fire his anchor into the boat, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like what could happen. So, Grim, do you think Flock is at the port or at the airship? I thought his arm was shot off, so I'm a bit, uh, I was uh, assuming that wrong. Um, I would say the port, not the ship. Okay. What about you, Luna? Oh, he's definitely going to the port because... Oh. He must be injured, at least. I mean, he could pull, like, I am dying, but still making it to the boat and killing someone kind of asshole. But yeah, I, I think he's going to the port. And I just hope his role in the story is over now. That's what I'm hoping. Like... Well, if he does make it to the boat, does anybody think that Flock's character is going to end with him successfully killing somebody? If he gets to point-blank range, he might. Yeah, if he makes it to the boat, then yeah, he'll probably kill someone. Whether he kills someone important is the bigger question. All right, then my question to you, if he makes it to the boat, is he going to kill somebody we care about or one of the 15 engineers? <laughs> I say no. I don't think Flock will kill anybody we care about. I don't. I just do not see him getting that satisfaction. If Isayama is going to go to the trouble of putting him on the boat, I can't see him having him just kill one of the engineers. He'd either he'd either have to kill all of them, which seems unlikely because Flock isn't competent enough. I don't think to get all to kill all of them before they find out he's on the ship. So it'd have to be a Gabby situation where he kills one important character. I'm just wondering. Who it would be. A lot of people think think Jean would be the one to die. I don't think so. I think I actually think Jean will survive this. Hanji seems a bit more likely, but I'm also skeptical of that. I don't really know who. I, I'd say the three biggest ones would probably be either Jean, Hanji, or Onion Coupon. <laughs> Onion Coupon has to fly the plane. Yeah, so it could be Onion, just out of sheer narrative necessity, because that'll put them in a worse situation if they don't have a pilot. Or maybe Hanji, because, like, you gotta kill off the old people. But she's not old. She's in her 20s, right? Late 20s? Early I would 30s? say late 20s. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's ever been confirmed how old she is. She likes older Anji? men, because she likes shaders, so she has to be mm -hmm. younger than shaders. I feel her in that, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luna or Grim, do you guys think Flock will kill anyone we care about in the next, when he makes, if he makes it to the boat? Yes, no. but I don't know who. <laughs> I just don't think so. I think this was the chapter where Flock is somewhat competent. So next chapter, he has to be the buffoon again. It alternates chapters. <laughs> he tries to kill Reiner because it's <laughs> He gets like the perfect shot. Alright, if he's my prediction, if he's on the ship, it's just to die. It's so that Gene gets the final kill. Like that'd be the only reason he makes it to the ship. To try to cause mischief, maybe to blow up a to put a hole in one of the wings of the airship. You know, just some minor damage to the airship, and it's so that John can take him down. Actually, I hope instead of slipping on a banana peel, he <laughs> slips on one of Levi's unraveled bandages and breaks his neck and dies. That would be cool. And they just leave him. Next question. Are you guys happy, happy that Gabby was the one who got the shot? 
I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I laugh every time I see it. It's so her little expression and his expression are just perfect. I think it's hilarious because I've seen so many Gabby haters who feel conflicted about whether or not they should hate her now. <laughs> Did anybody see it coming? This sounds like it would have been a crack theory, like um, you know, oh yeah, Gabby. Is gonna get it sounds like a, this, this sounds like a theory I'd come up with as I a know. joke. And, and, it, and she's the one that got the shot. I thought it was beautiful. Even the people who who get mad that she always that she all that she never misses a shot are like conflicted because they they're happy that Flock got shot. <laughs> I thought the people who hated Gabby were also the people who loved Flock, but apparently not. I'm wrong on that. I think the people who hate Gabby are, I don't know, it's all over the board. I'd say more, I'd say more people who hate Gabby are just, are fans of Aaron. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say Flock and is the weird. And I thought by proxy, yeah. Flock is, <laughs> Flock is the weird redheaded stepchild that very few people want to claim. <laughs> well, in the poll results, only 7% selected the option that I wanted it to be anyone besides Gabby. So I would say that that 7-5% are the anti-Gabby league. There was a lot of people hoping it was Jean, but I mean, Flock's not dead yet, so Jean might still get his might still get his day. Listen to me, fans. He's not dead. Unfortunately, does anybody think he's dead? No, I don't think there have been. There's been too much debate about it. I've just noticed people tend to get it always get it backwards. Like Aaron's head literally got like Aaron's head got <laughs> shot off, and it's it's the main <laughs> character. And there were so many people who were like, I can't believe they killed the main character. What are they going to do now? I'm like, I'm like, stop. Stop. <laughs> Look at the previous chapters and tell me if you think for a second that Aaron's actually dead. This literally happened to Reiner and Shiganshina and he's fine. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what it is. Like when characters when it's obviously a bait from Isayama, people always take it and say they're dead. And when it's obviously and when the person's obviously alive, they say, Oh, they're definitely dead. I don't know what it is. Okay, so in the in the wiki on Flock have you guys acknowledged that he's injured? I mean, or his, is he status unknown or any, any, what have you all done in the official? We've got him as unknown. Okay. Which so is basically least... what we do for everyone now. Ever since Armin and Shiganshina, because <laughs> we listed him as dead. Ever since then, we just list everyone as unknown until it gets confirmed. So, but Shadis and Magath you have as dead, right? Yeah, because. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's really, it's kind of something you have to play by ear at this point, because Isayama's very inconsistent on what will actually kill a character. Sometimes, sometimes tripping and falling over will kill someone. Sometimes getting burned alive is survivable. <laughs> Only if you are or become a titan, Shifter. So, as a final question before we go on break, best new ship? Shagat or Pikuhan? Which I didn't even know was a thing. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. That's so cute. Oh, okay. Pikuhan. Oh, <laughs> cute. I mean, think about it. Hanji getting a Titan girlfriend. Like, how cool <laughs> would that be? Yeah, but if you like Peek, she's like the Black Widow. Everyone around her who likes her or has a romantic interest in her dies. I just think, like, Titan testing time with her girlfriend <laughs> would be a lot more fun than... Uh, 
I don't even really remember a whole lot of interaction between them, so I'm definitely going with Shagat. It was not a lot of interaction, but at least they had great interaction with each other. But Hanji and Pete could be so cute and so, like, in, a, in an AU environment, could be super cute. <laughs> okay. It's obviously time for a break. So. Yes, break. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Okay, everyone. Hey, welcome back to the second part of our podcast. Uh, next on our topic list is the fight with Annie and Reiner finally working together for first time in, well, forever almost. How'd you like it? Oh, I didn't really pay too much attention to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I blame the ending for that. Oh, um, nah, I don't know. Hmm. Go to need for that, I'm... <laughs> for someone who wants to kill himself, Reiner's doing a bad job. <laughs> He's clearly a failure at that. We were talking during the break about the art. Like, the art... I usually do not care much about battle scenes. I can't really follow the action. But this one was fantastic. I mean, I really like um, the art in this chapter as well. It just says Grimheim. Yeah, Grim, you're an artist, like, and you also, you're, you do art in sort of, um, I mean, you don't do ma manga, you do comics, but does that give you, like, when you see battle scenes that are done like this, or are there things about the chapter that you appreciated that maybe, you know, from your perspective as somebody who is an artist that the average person wouldn't see? Uh, I don't know if I'm proficient enough to say something regarding this. I, I noticed that, I don't know if you guys uh, saw that, but Margot had a very strong neck in some of the panels. <laughs> uh, that was something actually that stood out to me. Uh, that was interesting. No, I think we should all appreciate how much Isayama has grown actually in, uh, with his style. I don't know what it is this chapter, but it just looks a bit cleaner. And sometimes he just really rushes through the stuff. And he has, especially on the faces, they look sometimes very scratchy because he has all these little lines going above uh, above the main uh, line art so it just looks cleaner it looks better like the panels are and the way he used the perspective and stuff it, it it just looks better than maybe in other chapters i guess that's because he had um this this break so he can uh, he could take this time to put in a lot of effort and it definitely shows yeah, I thought it was beautiful. Both the scenes with Annie reaching her arm out and Reiner reaching their arm out. I mean, mm -hmm. their facial, everything about that was just gorgeous. There was not a detail missing. And the perspective was so interesting in some of these shots. I, I do think maybe he used the break. It just looks better. I don't, I don't know what happened with him, but it looks <laughs> way better. I hope he keeps that up. I, I also wonder, I mean, that's a, going a bit off topic, but I wonder if he's maybe going digital with his drawing, because I don't think he's drawing digitally. I think he's draw uh, doing it mm. all traditionally. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's a whole nother topic. 
He has talked about that during the one interview. He said that he started out doing it by hand. Oh, really? And that he worries that if he makes the shift to digital, that it would change the style too much. Don't, I think w- it's don't something worry, buddy. He, it will just right. improve your style. Believe me. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I'm with you. If he used this chapter to kind of like test the digital waters, that would that would explain it. Mm-hmm. So I think he regrets yeah. doing it by hand when digital is so much easier for the majority of people. But I know that he was afraid to make the switch. But if this gave him that chance, like, mm-hmm. then maybe we will see an uptick. Maybe it wasn't just the time, the extra time, but it was it was a shift to digital. I think that if, if he's done that, it'll come out. I don't know if it's the case, but he definitely spent more time, it seems, on certain panels. This was your favorite part of the chapter, Luna, the battle between the seeing Annie and Reiner or just seeing Reiner? It was one of my favorite parts, but I think um, overall, Shad is a Magath, you know, that mm. made me weepy. So I guess that was probably my favorite part, but this is a close second. It was good seeing them side by side. It was also good uh, having Reiner face death again and then having him realize that he doesn't want to die this time around. So that's also... Good stuff. <laughs> Where did he not want to die this time? Where he's like, oh crap, I oh, can't move. Oh, you're right. You're Normally right. He, he would be like, was... oh yeah, I'm just, I can't move. Thank God. <laughs> okay, so we did ask in the poll what was the best Annie and Reiner battle moment. I would love to know, Luna, which one was yours. The option by far, the top pick right now was Reiner protecting Annie. And the second one was Connie repaying his debt. The third choice so far Annie and Reiner protecting the Azumabito. After that, Annie not recognizing the Thunder Spears, which I thought was a great a great moment for consistency. And then um, the joke option is Sayama remembering Reiner's, <laughs> Reiner's facial hair this time. That was very important to me. So what about you? I like the panel where he has his arms spread out and, you know, he's getting blasted with the Thunder Spears and he's protecting Annie. That was my favorite panel, I think, of the whole chapter. That was my choice. And also, Ani, the way she looks at him after she realizes what he did for her. Good stuff. Good stuff. That being said, who was it who pointed it out to us? Was it... Uh, wasn't it Angrian who pointed it out to us that um, Connie was saved by Ani in the Trust arc when, you know, they all have their guns lined up to blind the Titans and then the, the others would, like, try and kill the Titans and Connie missed. So Ani ended up killing his Titan. And then in Utgard, there was another titan that broke in the tower and uh, Reiner shielded Connie from it and hence got bit in the arm and broke his arm. And I think there was a panel like where it's like, well, Ani and Reiner, you guys are always saving me. One day I have to repay you guys. And so he finally got a chance this chapter to do just that, which is like good, like that, you know, coming full circle. Yeah, it was the little details like that. I mean, it, just like the one about Annie not recognizing Thunder Spears. Like that was just, mm. that would have been something easy to forget. It, that didn't have to be a moment, but it became like this great moment of Reiner jumping in front because she clearly had no idea what they were and wouldn't have had the armor to stop them. Again, it just, I think every chapter is rushed at this point, but when Isayama has time to work in details like that, it mm. still feels satisfying. And what I also like is that they... Like the 104th protecting them, protecting Annie and Reiner, and then seeing Annie and Reiner's response, you know, because a couple chapters ago, Reiner said, you know, you guys, you're not like us, you don't kill as a means to get to your goal. 
so just leave this to us. And now they are actually killing their fellow countrymen to keep them safe, which I thought was, yeah, interesting to see see them do that and also see Annie and Reiner's response to that. Yeah, I liked Reiner protecting Annie. I don't think he's going to get any credit for it because people just keep beating the crap out of him. It's actually something that's annoyed me seeing Reiner get beat up so much by so many people because it's funny to joke about him hating himself and him trying to kill himself when other people beat up on Reiner. It's just like, dude, leave him alone. I think Luna feels like that too. Like watching him getting repeatedly kicked in the, just the senseless violence against him is just very wearisome. That, that's mm. sort of how I feel. Like I'm not, I'm not one of those pansies who's like, you can't beat up on other people, but it's like, dude, come on, leave Reiner alone. <laughs> like there was someone else. But yeah, first it was Annie just like kicks the, kicks him to wake him up. I'm like, okay, calm down. Then, then Jean beats him up. I'm like, okay, calm down. <laughs> Leave him alone. Someone's going to beat him up next chapter. I bet, I bet Annie's still going to beat him up for some reason. Well, you're in the majority because in the poll we did ask, how much did you enjoy seeing them team up instead of Reiner getting... How do you... That's a British word or a German... What, what is gobshite? I've never heard of that before. That's British, I guess. British slang. <laughs> All right. How much did you, did you enjoy seeing Annie team up with Reiner instead of beating the gobshite out of him? And 60% <laughs> selected that they are exceedingly pleased that he got a break from the personal attacks this month. I enjoyed seeing him help Annie, even though I know Annie's probably not going to give him credit for it. Although she might. No. That brings us to the question about Annie. We asked on the poll... Annie worries that the current plan won't allow her to reach her father in time. How will she react when she learns Liberio is doomed? And the options were that she'll continue to help the Alliance, or at some point she's going to abandon them in search for her father. What do you guys think? Was this moment of camaraderie enough that she'll stick with the Alliance to the end? Or do you think that at some point she's just going to cut her losses and, and go look for dad? Hmm. Well... That's a good question. Is is Liberio in shambles right now? Not yet. What I gathered from the chapter is that they maybe have four hours before it reaches this island. But that in a matter of, what did Hanji say, four days, that Liberio, or the entire continent would be wrecked. So the attack on Liberio would happen after the island. So Liberio is probably okay for the moment. Although we still don't know exactly where Liberio is. I am not clear on where any of this is, actually. Okay. I do not know the geography of this topsy-turvy world of Isayama's. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do know that four hours for the Titans to reach the port and four days to wipe out the entire continent, of which Liberio is a part of. Okay, they need half a day to get the boat ready. Yes. Well, they need half they... a day if they don't take it to Odiha. Which is weird because they didn't they didn't actually say how long it would take at Odiha. They just said they could take it to Odiha. Well the only reason the only reason they're going there is because they can't defend the port on Paradise. Okay. They that's so it's safety. So they're the only reason they're doing the detours, they have no other choice. Yeah, that makes sense because I was Right. I assumed they were going there because it might be it might speed up the process, but the problem is it'll take a I assume it'll take a lot of time for them to sail from Parody to Odiha. I assume they're going to lose time, actually, if they have to sail mm -hmm. there. Well, they have to go there because otherwise more Jaegerists will keep coming and they won't be able to affect. It takes four hours to service the ship and they don't have that kind of time there. So they're going to go 
to Odiha. It, they should get there before the rumbling, but the Titans are going to arrive at any time. That's the situation that they're going to be in. I'd like to know how long it'll take them to sail there, and if, like, if because if it still takes half a day for them to service it at Odiha, then they're screwed at that point. Yeah. I think we're overthinking the logistics, but I definitely think that once they get to Odiha, that the Titans are going to arrive while they're there. And there's going to be this thing about trying to either save the citizens or go for Aaron. I mean, they're going to... They're going to have to make a decision there. Although if the Titans arrive, wouldn't Eren be arriving with the Titans? Is that what we think is going to happen? Where is Eren actually? Yeah, I'm... that's the question. <laughs> the fact that they that last chapter they assumed Eren got there, but we never see him get there makes me think something else going, is going on. Because whenever, whenever, Is- is pretty predictable on this. Whenever he says something has happened, but he doesn't show it, it hasn't happened. He's pretty consistent on that. Like, Mr. Leonhart, we we hear a gunshot, but we don't see him get shot, which means he didn't get shot. Right. <laughs> He's pretty consistent on that. His misdirection is pretty obvious when it happens. Hmm. The man's got a formula. Well, I think it'll be interesting. I do think Odiha is where Annie is going to either cut her losses and run and go to the mainland, or else the Survey Corps is going to have to split up. Some of them go after Aaron, yeah. while the others try to evacuate the island or well, come the, up with some sort of a plan. That's the interesting thing, because I don't know where Lib- Liberio is in relation to Odiha. It could be like all the way on the other side of the continent from where Odiha is. Well, let's hope for convenience. It's literally just across that tiny little strip of water. That would be convenient. You're right. That would be very convenient. Yeah, I'm super excited for next chapter because I do think it's going to be the rumbling. I think we're going to see the Titans. All right, the next chapter closes the volume. Do you think it's going to be a continuation of the present storyline with Titans arriving on Odiha and, you know, the final audio and whatever? Or is it time to break the action and go to Historia or, and or Zeke? The two ways I see it going are either there's more of this storyline and it ends on the cliffhanger of them seeing the Titans arrive, or this cha- or the next chapter is the one where he does break it. Because that's usually how it works. Mm-hmm. I, I've noticed volumes, the, st- the end of a volume is either a cliffhanger or it's sort of a detour to something else. It makes sense to me that they continue the current storyline for this one. We see the Titans arriving on land, and then the next volume opens up with Historia. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say Historia's in 131. If we're ever going back to Historia. It would make more sense for Historia's chapter to start off a volume. Mm-hmm. I should have taken that into consideration when I was predicting. Well, you can change your prediction now. <laughs> no, I'm sticking by it. <laughs> Stubborn fool. Stubborn, yes. Fool, no. You're you're not the mm. one who didn't think. You're not the one who didn't think of the Shadis train thing, Mom. I had to ruin that for you. No, oh, I didn't think of the logistics. I am not a logistic. I'm by no means. Yeah. Space and time are not her forte. They are not. You're welcome, Mom, for ruining yes. it. Yes. Yes. Well, you didn't ruin it. It's just like, oh, why? What? How did he get there? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter. He's there, and he did awesome stuff, so I am happy. <laughs> I, say, I, I keep restating it because I feel like people are, I feel like someone's going to get mad at me for it. I'm, I'm fine with this arc being the one that gets rushed. I just really wish we had gotten another just Shadis-centered chapter. 
I thought that's how Shadis' arc was going to be handled. Like, every now and then we get a detour to just have a Shadis chapter. I wish we... <laughs> I wish that... Again... <laughs> I wish that would have been what this was. I wish this chapter would have ended with Magath staying behind, and then we would have had a chapter with just him and Shadis. That is how I would have liked for this to go down. And then the epilogue to be a Shadis backstory, or a Shadis uh, bottle chapter too. Like, no, Shadis just no. shows up every 70 chapters. No, <laughs> no, the epilogue has to be Moses. I'm Okay, oh. okay, fair enough. <laughs> Moses and Shadis having a beer. <laughs> that should have been the epilogue. Chapter 130 should have been the Shadis death chapter, and it's all just, man, that would have been great. I've said before, I'm mad that we missed the Shadis bottle chapter. I wanted a character study of Shadis, just like chapter 71. Did you also want a full character study, Grim, of Shadis? I do that on my own uh, on my blog, so I'm pretty good <laughs> right now. <laughs> what, I mean, I would, I would love a full chapter of them, but I don't know what you would actually show. In a whole chapter, how to fill a chapter with Magat and Keith. Mm. Evenly distributed of them, because we actually know very little about Magath's backstory. I think. Yeah, that's we, true. We could have evenly distributed it with some flashback to Magath's backstory. I would have liked narration from Keith to really see how he feels about his role now, because he's even more of a bystander now. Everyone thought he was outdated because <laughs> he was still teaching how to fight titans as a training instructor they thought he wasn't update they thought he wasn't updating himself and adapting for the time so i would have liked to see even more get inside his head more and see how things have changed even more now for him how he feels even more sidelined and i think there's a i think there's a lot there to unpack that didn't get unpacked it's for fan fiction at this point. I, I, I'm, this is one area where I, as much as I love Keith Shadis, and I make no mistake, I have been defending this man from his beginning sh- appearance in the story. So, like, <laughs> he's my guy. But I'm actually, like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm okay with this. I mean, more is always better. But at this point, I think I want mm. the story to end too. And I'm done with, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice Magath backstory. It, and what we what we got is enough, I will say, but yes, it was enough, and I'm ready to move on. I think if we got a full cap chapter, it could have been a nine or a ten out of ten. What we got was probably was probably a six or a seven. It is above average, but we could have had great. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, where Isayama shines are the character focused chapters. I mean, that is where he, you know, where he just grabs my heart over and over again. So I have no doubt if he had done a chapter on these two men, it would have been out of this world good. Did you say a chapter? A chapter. A chapter. A, sh- a Shattis chapter? Chapter? A Shattis chapter. Yes. Chapter. A chapter. <laughs> I think the three best chapters out of the entire series are the Kenny flashback, the Shattis, the Shattis flat flashback and the first chapter of Grisha's flashback where Grisha's a kid with Faye. Let's hope. Let's hope the Historia let's hope the Historia focused chapter and the flashbacks become number four because I really want that to be good. Okay, so moving on, I think the only thing we haven't really discussed yet is Falco, which um I I Absolutely loved Falco this chapter. I always love Falco, but I think again, 
something about the facial expressions, the time that Isayama devoted to his character. He felt so authentic to me as, you know, a little kid running into danger, you know, wanting to do the big brave thing. He just was so good this chapter. But then we got that Titan form and wow. I don't know. What do you guys think? Opinions on the big bird Titan? Looks amazing. <laughs> I, I love the design. Yeah? I love the claws. I don't know. It was When I first saw it, I wasn't so convinced. But the more I looked at it, the more I loved it. So but to me, it's probably my, my favorite type design. Really? Hmm. Let me ask you this now. There have been some people who've been trying to s- write theories that the reason that his Titan form has like beast-like characteristics is because he inherited the serum from the beast titan that, that that you know this is an indication that the beast titan form has animalistic character that it's less about the jaw titan more about the beast titan do you, do you have any theories like that hmm. i was i i read that it was because zeke has royal blood or something mm-hmm. and that's because that he can maybe decide on how the titans look i mean there's um, a lot that a speculation going on why Falco looks the way he does. You know, I guess that could be an option as well. Maybe it's just Isayama fooling around and he has a blast at creating weird-looking titans and Falco obviously is related to, I don't know, a falcon. And uh, there we <laughs> go, we have a bird titan. Yeah, it's the closest thing to a flying titan we're going to get. <laughs> I guess it has to be connected to Zeke in some way because... This is actually a problem I have with the nine. I have a lot of problems with Titan powers because they're basically a walking ex machina. Isayama can use them to justify anything he wants. But a second problem I have with them is he clearly didn't have nine distinct abilities in mind when he'd settled on nine Titans because literally his ability for the Beast Titan is it looks like it has hair and it can throw good. Like, those are the two abilities Marley identified with it. Apparently, the fact that it can throw good isn't because Zeke likes baseball. It's just something that the Beast Titan has, which doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, it would be weird if... It would be weird for Falco... I just realized... was thinking, you're right. It would be weird for Falco to have so many animal characteristics in his Titan. Because that's like the Beast Titan's thing. Which is a weird... Yeah, well, we were... So we speculated, like, when we met Xaver, that maybe his Titan form looked like a mole. Or, <laughs> you know, maybe the Beast Titan form looks, you know, kind of inherits the yeah. favorite... Like, Zeke having the Beast plushie as a child. Maybe that was his favorite toy, so he became the Beast... A Beast Titan that resembled his toy, his toy monkey. Maybe. And, of course, Falco with the name, and then his introduction to the series, the bird flying away. You know, maybe that's influenced him becoming like bird-like. If Titan biology and, or, or the world building behind Titans was developed, it would be really cool if, if the Beast Titan did, you know, take on an animal. Always have animal characteristics, but not always the same animal. Right. The problem is, though, Falco's not the Beast Titan. He's the Jaw He's Titan. He's not, but he was made from a royal Beast Titan. Yeah, that, so. that, that would have to be the explanation because otherwise, right. if other Titans can just... If other, if the rest of the nine titans can randomly have like hair and animal qualities and stuff, then what is the beast titan? Is its only ability that it can throw? 
Right. So it, it would speak to how this particular Titan was created. I just yeah. don't know, like, if those, th- I think those theories are really cool because it does, my initial instinct was, oh, Isayama's just having a great time drawing a cool Titan. But if there is an in-world explanation for why he looks that way, I don't even know if the story would have time to develop that. Like, it would be, is is 5% enough to explain why Falco looks the way he does? Could it ever be significant enough that it becomes a topic or is it just something fun for us to speculate on i think if it was something that was going to get called out in the narrative then he probably would have had people in this chapter as soon as they see it comment like oh that looks kind of oddly bestial for a jaw titan (laughs) like magath is pretty familiar with how the titans look so i feel like you could have had magath say like whoa falco's jaw titan looks weirder than all the others I feel like that's something that would have gotten brought up in this chapter if it was going to get expanded on later. But like we were saying before, it's it's fun that we can come up with an in-world explanation for it, whereas we can't with how Shadis got to the port. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice when we can do that. It's not essential to our happiness with the story, but this is yeah. one of those times when, you know, the theories kind of write themselves. No, I, I said I had some... I had said I could talk for a while about the Jaw Titan, and I can... But it, has, it doesn't have a lot to do with Falco. It has more to do with Galliard. Because I've been thinking for a while. I've been, and I've been wondering. I'm like, I, don't, I, I wasn't too invested in Galliard. So why do I feel so disappointed that he's gone? And I finally pinned it down. I really feel like Falco should have gotten the Cart Titan instead of the Jaw Titan. Because, and I'm going to get in trouble for this with a lot of people. Because Peek is everyone's waifu. I like her too. I think Galliard should have lived instead of her because I think he had I think he had more relevance to the story. I really felt disappointed. I felt like they built up his relationship with Reiner. He did not like Reiner at all because Reiner got a Titan instead of him. I thought when he found out that what Marcel did to get Reiner a spot as a Titan instead of him, I thought that was going to kick off some sort of arc with Galliard where he and Reiner started to make up with each other. That didn't happen. He just died. And I feel like <laughs> Peak does not have the same ties to the other characters that Galliard did because Peak does not have a strong relationship with any of the characters. She's sort of just there. Galliard didn't have a strong relationship with a lot of the characters, but he did have a really strong one with Reiner that I thought was going to go somewhere, and it didn't. Whereas Peak, she's sort of just there, and that's... That's how I've been feeling for a while. I've really, I really feel like Peak does not have the same sort of ties to other characters that Galliard did, and I feel like it would have been better if Falco had gotten her Titan instead of Galliard's. I do feel like that's a reason why my theory, like next chapter, that she's going to be one of those that stays behind, maybe to help with the um, evacuation or to kind of like buy more time. I, I don't think Peak is going to be with us much longer. Yeah, because she doesn't have a role really, and she doesn't have a. Yeah. She she can't really interact with anyone else because there hasn't been a really sort of strong, like, relationship she's established with anyone, which Galliard did have with Reiner, which is why I'm sad that he's gone. I didn't realize how much I was sort of invested in his relationship with Reiner until he was killed off and it didn't get resolved. Mm. Well, you were not the only one who was pissed off that he <laughs> got killed off. I was disappointed when it happened. I think I was on the podcast episode for that one. I said it felt abrupt, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, there was a lot to do with him that didn't get done. And if I had to guess, if I had to put on my theory 
my theory cap, I would say Isayama wants this to end, so he probably he probably looked at the characters he could feed to Falco, and he was like, he was like, shit, I want this to end, and I set up all this stuff with Galliard, and I'm gonna have to pay that off if I keep him around, so I'll just kill him off so I don't have to deal with him. I feel like that's what happened. He used Marley in Marley arc. He was still invested in all these characters. He still had a lot he wanted to tell, so he set up a lot of stuff with Galliard. And he got to the final arc, and he got burned out. So he just decided to kill off Galliard instead of paying off all of the story threads he set up with him. That's kind of mm. what I feel like happened. I disagree. I mean, I I did wish that he and Reiner had like at least a talk about what happened. Concerning Marcel? That's essentially what I mean, yeah. I I yeah. think there was a lot of stuff that could have been done with Galliard and Reiner that wasn't done. And I just have my theories about why it wasn't done. Hmm. But I, yeah, that is my thing. That That's why I was interested in talking about the Jaw Titan when it came up. Because I was like, I think Falco should have gotten the cart instead. I feel like Galliard should still be here. Yeah, I mean, I would agree that he's more interesting in relationship to the to the cast than she is. She's more interesting as it relates to the kids, though, to Falco and to Gabby. I don't know. I haven't really seen... She was she was crying with Gabby this chapter, but I haven't seen really seen her... I guess she was... I guess she had that talk with Gabby in the... Yeah, that's what I'm specifically thinking about. I guess she had yeah. that one, yeah. But, yeah, the top. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it's it's definitely... I think, I you know, we always get asked about death predictions, and I would have to say that um, I, I don't see... You know, I think Peak is an easy one to let go now because she doesn't have a lot of plot relevance with the rest of the cast. Yeah, whereas Galliard mm-hmm. definitely did, I he would did. say. He did, yeah. He had unfinished threads. Which, okay, though, though, consider this. I, I personally, like you're saying, so many of these characters, there could have been more. Yes, absolutely. And there's something very frustrating that we're never going to get that more or that it's left up to us to decide the could-have-beens. But I definitely prefer that over characters who have so long outstayed their welcome that you wonder why they're even on the screen anymore. Like Connie. Um, <laughs> I, I, Connie, I'll Sasha went wait. I, I mean I don't want to I don't want to start naming names, but you know, there's Connie, a lot of dead Sasha. weight in this story. You're gonna add Levi, which I disagree. Levi. So that's why I <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would rather them go with us wanting more than for them to go with, thank God they're finally dead. Well, I definitely, I definitely in a sense agree with you, but like Shadis, I wanted more of him in the sense that I wanted to see more of the build up to his death. I'm fine with him dying. Like I'm p- completely fine with him dying at this point in right. the story. I just thought it happened too quickly. Galliard, I see what you're saying with him, like leave us wanting more than having felt like he overstayed his welcome. I don't think, I don't, I, I don't think paying off his relationship with Reiner would have been overstaying his welcome. If he died, I, I think he got that though. I mean, he, he walked up to the scene. He got his last little jab into Reiner, you know, I'm dying the better man and boom, he's gone. Like that was just so awesome. I would have loved more interaction between them, but oh, that was top, top three best. You know, my, my list of best deaths just grows constant like his his deaths since Irwin and including Irwin have been so good compared to the first half of the story <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing his death kind of works I think this is the other thing it it happens abruptly definitely I would say 
And I do think a lot of the abruptness is Isayama wants this over with. Yeah. Which definitely. I am team, I want this over with. So, you know, are we gonna get every thread tied up? Probably not. Are things gonna be developed as well as they could? No. But if this chapter is an indication of how he can move the story along quickly, kill off characters but still have some sense of satisfaction there, then then I'm very hopeful that this can continue. Actually, I guess where I'd push back with you on this specific case is, yeah, leave us wanting more instead of having feel like they overstay their welcome. But the issue here is Galliard died instead of Peak, and I think there was definitely more for him to do than Peak. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the two, one yeah. of the two had to die, and I think Galliard had more going in favor of him staying than Peak. One of them had to go, and I think it would have been better for Peak than Galliard because she has less to do than he does. It's an odd choice to kill him instead of her, I think. Maybe I agree. Well, we're getting a bit off track. Falco. I mean, it's all tied to the Jaw Titan. Yeah. Sort of, but... Okay, let's look at what the fandom thought about Falco's Jaw (laughs) Titan. Let's see, the options were... uh, I love it. Weird, but I think it will grow on me. I'm scared, and what the hell am I looking at? So I think the majority of um, people went with weird, but I think it'll grow on me. And with like a third of the votes, it was I love it. And I was in the what the hell am I looking at category. Because I was in the I love it category. I absolutely loved it. Me and grammar, I love it. I know it. (laughs) I think I'm in the it will grow on me camp. I, th- yeah. I just feel like this chapter, I, I, I think, Luna, you're looking at the poll right now. What was the general satisfaction with the chapter? Did people love it? Or was this another one that kind of lukewarm? Um, I think it was, yeah, more people gave it a four than a five. So Okay, so not everybody loved it as much as I did. but um, No, but we've, had, we've seen worse rated chapters. Oh, yeah. This is the best one in a long time, I'd say. <laughs> I just feel like it had something for everybody. You know, it had an awesome Titan battle. Great Titan design, character deaths, you know, that that panel, I think that that panel of the characters helping each other onto the ship, that one is so iconic. That's going to be a panel that people are going to remember for a long time. That was a great way to, you know, everybody's bruised and battered, but alive and making their way onto the ship. I, 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 I cried. I actually like cried this chapter, <laughs> which I haven't done in a long time. Maga carried uh, Falco the same way. Uh, Shadas carried Aaron. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh right. Yeah. Graham, did oh. you cry? Did you cry actual tears? Of course I cried. I, I yeah, cried okay. when I <laughs> read the spoilers. <laughs> oh, that was tough. I, a friend of me really had to tell me everything is going to be all right because I was oh. very upset. But uh, yeah. Luna cried fine. too. <laughs> like, so all three of us cried. This chapter made us all cry. Yeah. And you don't cry often either, Luna. Like, this is first one in a long one that got you emotional. Yeah, yeah. This was like, oh, I'm tearing up over these characters that I, that are not even close to being my favorite. So, good stuff. I will say I'm probably the only one who liked the, the fanlation better than the official. Oh, I like the official better this month. Definitely. I just, when Isayama does a death well, I'm just so grateful. And this was so good for me. I appreciate that no one had to ask if I cried. (laughs) Did you cry? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel emotional? You, ha- you love Shadis, right? Oh, I love him, and I'm going to miss him. You told me at the beginning of this podcast that you cried for six hours. You did. You said it. Actually, if you want me to be honest, there is one time in the series I got sort of misty-eyed. And it was, in, ironically, fittingly enough, in Chattis' flashback chapter when Carla gives him the speech that Aaron doesn't need to be special. He's just special by virtue of the fact that he was born and he's alive. That actually got me a little misty-eyed because I really liked the sentiment behind that. I thought the I thought the speech that he's special because he was born. I liked that a lot, and then I cringed when Aaron said it in the past dimension <laughs> because it felt very forced in that context. Well, yeah, it's like bastardizing the message as well. Yeah. You know what, now that you guys are talking about it, I do kind of wish there was a little bit of Carla in the chapter, the flashback. Like, Shadis remembering that moment would have really been... I, I'm happy with how it was, but that would have been cool, too. I'm, sl- I'm slowly corrupting you to my viewpoint. You are! I'm so... Why am I so wishy-washy? I need to be firm. <laughs> it was perfect as it is. The end. Yeah, I was glad he wasn't thinking too much about Aaron anymore. I was like... Good. Think about your other students. That's okay. He should have continued to sabotage Aaron's ear, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. All right. Let me take a quick look at the document. Now, we have a few things on Twitter. Don Xavier on Twitter wants to know, will Mikasa use her possible influence in Hizuru to persuade that country to help Paradise Eldians in a post-rumbling way? I would say, will Mikasa use her influence in Hizuru to persuade that country? Yeah, to persuade yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that Mikasa is like the kind of person to take her influence and use it, but if she can, if she can help her people that way, I mean, is she going to step up, I guess, in a, in a post-rumbling world, if there's anybody alive, will she step up? <laughs> I would like to say yes. I mean, I... If she has the option, I don't see her not doing it. Right. And I think the break with Aaron that's been happening, I mean, I think, you know, I think there's still development for her there. So. And Honey Lemon on Twitter, who do you think will die from the main cast and how? It's Endgame now. I'm expecting a few major characters to die this chapter. I think um, definitely Peak. I really have high expectations for the Odiha chapters where the Survey Corps is going to have to like split into factions, some of them trying to save people, a skeleton crew getting on the plane to talk to Aaron, and that, you know, a lot of people are going to die heroically there. Maybe Connie, Peak. Peak's a definite. Connie's a maybe. I I would hate it if it was Gene. I've got Gene on my long-term survival bracket, so. (laughs) I I honestly just, I I've seen a lot of people say Jean has death flags right now. I just don't see them. No, I don't. I've never seen them on him, ever. He's just too... He's He just always felt to me like he'd be a survivor. This isn't even one of those deals where I'm like plot armor or anything like that. I just don't see any narrative indication that he's going to die. Though, to be fair, there wasn't a narrative indication that Galliard or Shadis would die and look where we're at now. What about Luna? Graham, do you guys have any... Any uh, 
death predictions for the next coming chapters? I mean, for the ending, yes, but for, like, next chapter, not really. So what are you guys hoping to see next chapter? Flock dead. That would be yeah. very nice. <laughs> Flock dead. Uh, very That's all I need. Though. Give it to me. <laughs> Stomp on the cockroach. If he gets to the ship, then yeah, he's probably dead next chapter. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily hoping for it, but if he does get to the ship, I guess the thing I'm mo in most anticipation for is just to see who he kills, because he's definitely going to kill someone. So, most hoping to see next chapter. Would you want, at this point, to see a continuation of the storyline, or would you rather it go to Aaron or Zeke or Historia at this point? I want to see a continuation of this, but there's also a part of me that wants it to go to Historia because I want to be proven right <laughs> in my prediction. <laughs> Gwen? Mm, I would say I would like to stay with the main storyline we have right now. Ruby Gus on Twitter asked us, with 5% left of the manga, what arcs do you think will or won't be wrapped before the end? Galliards won't be wrapped? Never. <laughs> I feel like mentions of things like Ackerman biology and the tight the Marleyan Titan research people like um I feel like there's more to be told there also with Saver there's more to be told I feel like those sorts of things that I have a definite interest in I would love to meet Carl Fritz the one that marched everyone off to the island and walled them in. I you know I think I would love to have more on those, but I don't see those things happening now. I mean, Acrobiology, the Ackerman origins, that has to be covered, right? Is there any way this manga ends that we don't find out? Hmm. I could see it happening, honestly. I wouldn't be... I don't know how I'd feel about it. It's been built up so many times. Yeah, I mean, it but has the, to be yeah, chapter 112. Is, yeah, but Isayama built the, was building that up back when he still cared. <laughs> I would hate to see I would hate to see those story threads like never come to fruition, but uh, you know, I I do think it's possible because the epilogue can't possibly cover all of that. No. Unless we get another well, no, we can't. I was thinking like when we got the entire Titan history in book form when they opened up the opened up Grisha's diary and we just got a huge information dump in two pages. If we could get something like that again about Titan biology, that would be very cool. Explanations for why the armored syrup was labeled as brawn and, you know, all the details that the fun stuff that we've speculated about over the last decade that we will not get answers for. Yeah, he can do like a spin-off later on or do like an anthology, like everything you wanted to know about Titans. He could, but he's not going to because he wants that sauna. Well, he wouldn't even have to write it. <laughs> I mean, we could have the great Titan War spin-off and have somebody else author it and just, I mean, I would think at this point his assistants and the editor know as much about the story as he does. 
Well, his editor's the one who kept Sasha around for like 70 chapters after she was supposed to die, so I don't want him touching anything. <laughs> it was an early mistake. It was an, I don't want him touching anything in this mm-hmm. story. I mean, he was just upset, and Isayama was the one who was like, oh, crap, I cannot <laughs> deal with crying then. Okay, she's alive, she's alive. Fine, she's alive, she's alive. Are you, ha- are you happy? There she is, right in the background. She's doing nothing, because I have nothing planned for her. Are you happy now? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Proof by editor. Mm-hmm. This question comes from Don Xavier on Twitter. Of course it came through Twitter. <laughs> Why do you think Isayama didn't show Levi in this chapter? That is a good question. He actually did, though. I'm sorry, I'm cutting in. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read the question all the way through without interrupting myself. I interrupt everyone. <laughs> Why do you think... Isayama didn't show Levi in this chapter, hidden in a panel one time, when we saw everyone in the ship. Do you think it will be a love boat or sex boat in the next <laughs> chapter? In that case, which couples? Thank you for your work. You are pretty good. Thank you, Donna Xavier. I am pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I kind of prefer, um, who was it that said we were the best podcast? Hands, uh... Oh, that was Paris, I think, on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, I mean, I'll take pretty good. I'll take pretty good, but. Now, wow. in answer to your question, I'm glad I read it all the way through this time because I would have taken you out of context. You're right. They did show him in one panel. I don't know why they didn't show him on the boat. I'm glad they didn't, though, because I don't like Levi. And to, <laughs> in answer to your second question as to whether it's going to be a sex boat, I, I'm skeptical. I don't <laughs> think Isayama will go down that road. However... He did show them camping and, like, talking all night instead of going after Aaron. And then the next day, they were surprised that Aaron had gotten so far. They were like, how did he get this far? It's not like we spent two days camping. So, I wouldn't put it past him to show him getting, to for him to show them getting distracted again. And I guess on a boat, there aren't too many things you can get distracted by. Except love. All right, well, you answered it neat. So which couples? I mean, what, what, what hookups do you see happening? Oh, that's a good question. Hold on. I need to make sure I have a list of all of them in front of me. I mean, okay. I think we can look at that panel, that really iconic panel of everyone helping each other in, because that's clearly the ship now. We've got uh, the boys and their little trio there, Jean, Reiner, Tony and Connie. Reiner. Yeah, and Han, Hanji and Peek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've Annie. got... Yeah, I've got a list in front of me. Mikasa, Armin, Reiner, Annie, Jean, Connie, Hanji, Peak, Falco, Gabby, Onion Coupon, and Kiyomi, I think. Yelena and Yelena and Levi are on the boat. Oh, wait, is Levi not on this? Oh my gosh, I can't believe I left (laughs) Levi out of this. I'm looking at a poll the wiki put up that I suggested for who we think is going to be the most likely to survive the series. I can't believe it. I'm actually, I'm surprised I forgot Levi. Anyway, yes, also Levi and Yelena. So, Falco and Gabby are underage, so we're going to knock them out. Although it is, Jap- <laughs> it is Japan. They do put weird stuff in <laughs> no, their manga. No, they're out. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting them out. And it's fine to put them out anyway, because apparently they got a thing going on. So, so they they get paired up anyway, even if they get kicked out. So, because Falco's got that little boy crush. Let's see. Now, the others... We got like eleven left. Um, and we don't have time for you to consider all eleven. Come on. <laughs> Levi and Yelena go together because they're both crippled. <laughs> uh, 
let's see. Reiner and Annie go together because they're both part of the Aryan master race. <laughs> Should we interrupt this, L Luna? I, I think uh, I think we're done. <laughs> it's, it can only go downhill from here, and we're already not very high up to begin with. Sorry, John Sabier, we we have to stop this one. Although Hanji and Peek, let me just say, I am I am on that ship. I am on that ship. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoy that ship because it's never taking off. No, but it's just, it's very, they're very cute. Oh my <laughs> gosh, they're so cute. They are the cutest. Actually, unironically, Levi is so short and Yelena is so tall. I think that would be hilarious. No, neat, 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 neat. <laughs> we're not. We're, we're done okay. with this question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once again, it's time for Polka's quick fire round. And what it is, is I say two characters and you all, or two options, and you guys pick which one you prefer. And our order will be Grim, Neat, and Luna, and then me. So the first question, Shadis or Magath? Shadis. Shadis. Magath? Shadis. Now you just want to be different, Luna. No. <laughs> Always. She loves them warriors. Armin or Connie? Armin. Armin. Hmm, Connie. Armin. <laughs> now you just want to be what? different, Luna. <laughs> Jean or Hanji? Hanji. Jean. Jean. Hanji. Okay, is Flock alive, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Okay, who kills him? Does it matter? <laughs> As long as he dies. <laughs> Cancer. Banana peel. You have to just make a prediction. Who do you think is going to kill Flock? Uh, Gabi. Leukemia. I hope it's Aaron. Syphilis. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jean. Uh, the next question. Were you happy with Magus and Shadis' deaths? And I think we've answered that extensively. We were all happy with it, except yes. for Neitaku. <laughs> Uh, Historia was not in this chapter. How many more until we see her? Which chapter do you think? 131. Either the next one or 131. Never. Yeah, I think 131. What are your feelings towards the manga at the moment in one word? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit tired of the story. It's, I'm ready for it to end. Neat. Rushed. Luna? Mm, like passé like the best has been behind us that's depressing <laughs> well I have to explain passé I don't know another better word to explain it like I mean would it is it like washed up or has been or is that the connotation yeah, has been comes closest I think has been I think for me I'm with Grim like I'm I want off this ride. I'm tired, I but I love it. I did. I still am excited. Hype, hype, but tired. How about I'm not that? Not saying it's bad. <laughs> yeah. or that, you know, I'm just saying, like, yeah, the best, the best days are gone. Not saying there are only bad days ahead of us, but any more from Polka? That was it. Thank you, Polka, for once again giving us the quick fire. That was short. Well, I think I think Polka literally like sees us recording in the podcast server and is like, "Oh crap!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So we've come to the end of our podcast. First off, uh, I want to thank Grim for joining us for the very first time. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was great having you. It's finally <laughs> someone on my side of the pond to record with. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was about a chapter that included the death of your favorite character, but who knows, maybe next time we'll, we'll have something more f uplifting to talk about, hopefully. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Wrong manga, Luna. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was great having you back for, I think, the third time? I don't know, kind of all blurs together at one point. There was the first one, then there was the one-year anniversary, then there was another one, then there was this one. Which one was your favorite so far? Uh, the first one, because that's got the most views, and that just proves how popular I am. <laughs> the one with Rune Lai. I did yeah. really love that one. I, I remember we got a comment once, like, why does this guy hate the manga so much? And I had to reply, well, he edits the wiki, so I don't think he <laughs> hates it. <laughs> People think that because I criticize the people think that because i criticize it i hate it i've and i i actually i actually got into this with someone on the wiki discord like a few days ago i was like the reason i criticize this is because it used to be so good if this series was dragon ball i would not care that it's bad now because <laughs> dragon ball has never been good i do think i think criticism criticizing a series is a sign of you know it's not always a bad thing like in our case it's just that it's yeah, like you said it's been so good it could be better you know, our disappointment is partially because it's been so good. And also, we are far too invested. In far it. too invested. We need this over now. 5%. Come on, people. <laughs> Done. Anyway, yeah, before the, the year is over and we are all dead because of Corona or not, the series will be over. Yeah, I want to state again, the, the, the minute you hear me stop criticizing this and I just stop caring is when you'll know I actually hate the series. Same with me. It's disappearing quietly when you're done. That's that's when you're that's when it's over. Somebody shared with us a um, character death prediction sheet that has been circulating. I don't know who the original author was, but we are going to post that to our website to where anybody who wants to take it can chime in. Right, Luna? Right. Yeah. So uh, we'll share a link. It's youhearbiggoals.com slash snk hyphen final. <laughs> I'll, I'll change. <laughs> that prediction sheet is what I've been referring back to repeatedly. Yeah, in this we edited yeah. it a little episode. bit because we made it before the chapter came out and like Magoth and Shadis were still included. But yeah, no point in that anymore. And there's a couple additional questions. And we were thinking of maybe uh, coming up with a prize for the person who had the most correct answers. Well, when are we going to close it? Because, I mean, I guess we yeah, have to... Before next month's chapter okay. uh, comes out, or at least the leaks come out. So, we'll see. <laughs> all right. So, if you are listening to the podcast, by all means, go to the website. I will shorten that URL. Take it, and uh, we'll <laughs> store all the entries and see, all the entries and see, uh, you know, who gets closest. We'll have to hold on to this till the series ends, of course. And, so, it'll yes, be months and yes. months, but we can start weeding weeding them out and uh yeah if we don't get a prize you get bragging rights so it's all good <laughs> <laughs> but 
bragging rights from a podcast who will have no reason to continue at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, as always, we w- would like to thank our patrons. Um, this month, we have Taryn, Simon Cox, Kenny, and our newest patron, NM. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. Uh, you guys make it possible for us to host uh, it on all the different platforms. So thank you guys so, so much. And as always to our listeners, thank you for offering your hearts and your ears. And until next month. Bye. 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 <laughs> One more shout us the chat us just for... Shadows the Cheddars. Please stop asking them to have me back. It's such a chore being the most popular guest. Shadows the Cheddars. I can work with that. Everything just froze on my screen and I can't hear anyone else responding, so. Can you hear us now? Oh, no, I'm back. Oh, wait, wait. Hello? Uh, crap. Neat? Nope. <laughs> Shall we lock him up? <laughs> yeah, we should. Just kick him. Bam. <laughs> now an Itaku Free Podcast. Hello? <laughs> Let's talk more about Reiner. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm back. Oh. <laughs>